Paratruth Radio is a proud member of Evergreen Podcasts on KillerPodcast.com. Christian and non-Christian paranormal investigators. They have two different views, and it seems as if neither of them can ever agree on anything. So what happens when a mainstream view of the paranormal crosses paths with the Christian view? <laughs> Something epic. This is Paratroop Radio. What's up, everybody? Welcome to a brand new episode of Paratruth Radio. My name is Eric. And I'm Justin. And this is our Halloween episode. You guys know it's annual, and it is finally here. We've only been talking about it since July. So kind of crazy, I know, but we love Halloween. Yeah. With that said, we have with us today Cat Ward from Paranormal Heart. Cat. Thanks for joining us. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me on. So this is going to be a little bit different of a kind of of an episode. This is technically going to be a two-parter, if you will. It doesn't matter which episode you listen to first. But basically, we're doing a, our first episode here with Parachute Radio with Cat, And then when this is done, you guys are done listening, jump on over to Paranormal Heart to listen to the second half of the discussion with Cat Ward on her show. Uh, us as her guest so it's going to be i think it's gonna be fun it's gonna be interesting we're gonna see how this works out i think it'll be fun absolutely it's always fun talking to you guys (laughs) gee thanks oh not too many people like talking to us so that's why we just stick together (laughs) who 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 hurt you i I will find them Uh, it's a dark place don't make me go there (laughs) we're just weird and scare people away that's the problem I'm weird too. But now that we know Eric is real, it took a few years, but yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> so we decided to do an episode on Salem. Uh, all of you that listen to Paratruth Radio know we've done it before, but uh, we're doing it with fresh eyes. And Eric had a chance to actually visit there. So we're going to go over that too. Um, but Eric, uh, why don't you start us off with some of the history that you kind of knew before going to Salem? Well, I mean, yeah, the, the main thing is starting roughly about, oh, what was it? June 10th of 1692, there were a ton of accusations about witches practicing within Salem uh, that basically led to over 200 people being accused between uh, February of 1962 and May of 1963. During that time, 20 people were executed. And believe it or not, it was just within the span of a few months. After those first few months, execution stopped. So basically what happened here, uh, and some of this is theoretical, uh, but Tibuda. Uh, a woman named Tabuto was actually the first person arrested for witchcraft. It's theorized that one night while sitting uh, with four girls, Betty Paris, Abigail Williams, Ann Putnam, and Elizabeth Hubbard, Tabuta shared stories of voodoo and witchcraft. This allegedly sparked a game for the four young girls as they suddenly began acting as if they were enchanted by a witch and accused Sarah Good, Sarah Osborne, and to Buddha of witchcraft. Obviously, this game spiraled out of control, resulting in the death of 20 people, 19 of which were hung, and one being pressed to death between June 10th and September 22nd of 1692. The dates really intrigue me because it always it always seems like it's lasted a couple of years, not just a couple of months. Well, so yes and no. You're, I mean, you're right on both accounts. So the 20 people that were executed um, during during that time, 19 of which, as I said, were hung and one that was pressed to death, those 
uh, executions only happened between June 10th and September 22nd of 1692. After those executions, trials continued, ultimately accusing over 200 people up until 19, or sorry, 1693. So the trials spanned a couple of years, but the executions only spanned a few months. That's wild. Mm -hmm. I really thought that they, they, they both lasted a couple of years. No, no. It, yeah, it's pretty crazy. Um, I'd imagine, I know there's some info where places outside of Salem in which people were executed uh, because mighty, yes, this started in Salem, but it grew to be a much broader area uh, after the initial beginning of the trials. Um, so there were people who were executed for witchcraft, both within the time frame of the Salem witch trials but also outside of it, uh, because even when it stopped in Salem in sixty, uh, in yeah sixty three, um, it like just continued to spread. You know, one thing that I did notice, I don't know. So I'm a, a, a dyslexic. When I write things, I write things backward <laughs> often a lot. So at the very beginning, when I said the trials lasted between February the sixteen. Uh, 92. I actually wrote 1962 and 1963, and I probably <laughs> said that at the beginning of the show. So there's some people out there like I question. No, you had it right. You had it right at the beginning. You had it right at the beginning. You just messed it up as you were talking just a little bit ago. So got it. Okay. I always I don't know what it is, but there's uh a, like certain numbers like nines and sixes, uh you know threes and eights things like that. I always crisscross them, and even when I write them and I'm reading them, I still read them wrong. Makes no sense. Well, maybe it did happen in 93 and um, 1993, and it's just the Mandela effect. (laughs) Could you imagine if the witch trials went until 1963? That would be horrible. Oh, 63. I said 93. Almost a 300-year span from 1692 to 1963. Right. Now... The the interesting thing about this, and we ha- like I said, we've brought this up before, but in 1711, the clon- colonial authorities pardoned everybody except for one, and then um, the last one, Elizabeth Johnson Jr., was pardoned July, but it was July of 2022 that Elizabeth yeah. Johnson Jr. was uh, pardoned after being convicted at Salem, even though she had been executed. Yeah, she was the, the remaining one. That was actually really big news this past summer. Um, I actually got multiple reports come in on Facebook and an email regarding that particular uh, ruling. <clears throat> I don't know how it got missed, though. They didn't really go into that detail. Well, I guess I take that back. It was just everybody that was convicted, but the convictions didn't mean they were executed, right? Right. Okay. So... I don't know how old she was when she passed away because I highly doubt she was still alive unless she really was a witch, in which case she should have never been pardoned. But with that being said, it, yeah, it is interesting that it last. It took that long to pardon the last person. And I don't know. Did you see anything that says as to why it took them so long to pardon the last person? Um, I didn't, but I would assume we just kind of got lost to time for a while and then realized, oh, wait, she was never pardoned. <laughs> oh. That's really sad. <laughs> I mean, I can't imagine there's too many legal things you have to go through to make that happen, you know, 300 years after the fact. Right, right. So... Wh- it, it's hard to believe, even though we've had so many travesties in in, the, in our histories, but on American land, which back then was not American yet, uh, we had such travesty with, and it was mostly men, if not all men, that were trying and convicting these witches. And most of these witches were women. Uh, not very many men were accused of witchcraft. That uh, a travesty like this had happened in our history. Um, with that being said, Eric had posted a uh, video on our TikTok 
about his visit to Salem and the uh, memorial wall that's there. Um, so it's just, it. I'm sure you were fascinated from the very beginning, from the time that you got there. Um, and you got to learn even more history than just the the witch trials. Right. Yeah. I mean, his, uh, so Salem was actually a very big uh, maritime port. So it was a hub for incoming ships uh, that were carrying both people and various items, ingredients, you know. Uh, and there's actually some strong uh, theories that believe that if the Salem witch trials never happened, Salem, Massachusetts today would be the largest seaport in the United States. Um, but Salem pretty much just crushed all that to the reins because it created so many problems amongst uh, the individuals who lived there at the time. Uh, and actually, up until the 1970s, Salem wasn't even uh, really considered which city. Uh, it wasn't until the 70s in which the first, uh, I think, medium uh, showed up, opened shop, and suddenly the townsfolk began to kind of buy into it, started to accept the idea uh, that what their history is, and they started allowing more practitioners, more cultists, more uh, mediums and psychics to come in and open shop. And now it's just this huge uh pretty much party downtown, more or less, just lined with, sh streets are lined with shops, uh, occult shops and paranormal, and obviously like gifts and things like that, coffee shops, food, all that stuff. Uh, so you like walk through this old town and there's just little remnants of the 1600s, the 1700s, the 1800s, and then it just smashes right into the 2000s. Uh, so it's pretty wild. No, do you, how clean is the town? Because I know uh, New Orleans, for example, it's another place that I really, really would like to go visit. Uh, people say that it's so dirty there. Um, it, it's a nice, nice town. Uh, the first time you go, it's, it's, um, you're just awestruck. And then second time you go, that's pretty much when you notice how dirty the place is. But how, how's Salem? Oh, Salem's beautiful. Their, their streets are even pretty clean. Um, obviously, in, in the main section uh, of what is downtown Salem, uh, it's downtown, so it's a little dirtier. And when I say downtown, mm -hmm. we're not talking about like downtown in New York or Chicago. Metropolitan or like area. This is yeah. a very small city. Uh, so, you know, but but aside from that area, the streets are really clean, very like safe to walk, at least during the day. There are sections where that I went to that's like, eh. This little outside of the boundaries of what is considered, uh, you know, the hub of Salem, but uh, or, or which village is what they call it. Uh, but nonetheless, you know, it's just like any other city. Yeah, it's it's super clean, and that's the nice thing about the North Coast is the majority of the East Coast and the North Coast, uh, or you know, the Northern East Coast is usually pretty well kept. Was this your first time there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is my first time here. Uh, I, I was, I wanted to go back in 2000 and I think it was 17. And just between then and now, I really didn't have a means to go. And, you know, Justin and I wanted to go and that was never working out. But yeah, this past year, I just like the summer, I was like, you know what, screw it. I'm going to do it. And I just went yes. by myself. So I drove 10 hours, nine and a half, 10 hours to get there, spent four days and came home. Wow. Now, how, how does a place feel? Does it, because, you know, some places you, you can just feel there's paranormal activity. Sure, um, sure, sure. Yeah, no, um, you know, it, it really depends on where you go. Uh, mm -hmm. There are sections of Salem that I think are, that just have more energy and there are others that don't. Uh, you know, when I was like walking through the Burying Point, which is a cemetery, uh, which I believe is off of, it's the street over from Essex street. Um, Essex street is like the main street. That's the street. Most anyone visiting is going to go on uh, for the shops and all that. Uh, but the burying point is a cemetery that dated way back to the original pilgrims. And in fact, they even have a headstone uh, for one of the people who helped establish Salem. He was on his tombstone or his, his headstone. It says uh, pilgrim of the Mayflower. Oh, wow. Which is amazing. Like standing there and feeling that energy, like this is, 
this is history that I'm standing in front of and over, you know, there's somebody buried six feet below me that <laughs> dates yeah. back to the, the Mayflower. Uh, so yeah, you know, and there, and obviously the shops, uh, really play a big role into this. Uh, so there are some shops you, that I've walked into where the energy's nice and light and clean. And there are other ones where it's just heavier and maybe darker in, in certain areas, you know? Uh, so it, it's, it's really an intriguing place to be, especially if you are sensitive, uh, to the spiritual or to the energies, uh, you'll, you'll definitely have a party. That's for sure. It may not be a good one, uh, but yeah. I really hope I can go there someday. It's fantastic. It's, it's, I was telling Justin last week, I think it's made my top three, uh, for the cities I've visited in, in the U S oh, wow. Yeah. If, if we're able to go to Boston and have my friend show us around, maybe we can hit Salem before I have to head back because I would like to at least be there for a day. Oh yeah. And well, the nice thing about it is Salem and Boston are at most 38 minute drive from each other. Um, and I just say at most because it depends on the route, depends on the day, uh, like the time of day, all that stuff. Because I've seen it from 38 minutes to two hours and 20 minutes when I was there in those four days. Wow. So it's just like making sure you go at the right time. Right. Yeah. Don't go during uh, rush hour traffic. <laughs> well, the nice thing is, though, rush hour going in, into Salem, still rush hour, is much lighter than going into Boston. So it's like okay. as long as when you're on rush hour, you're going to Salem you're fine okay so you actually uh, this is probably by far my favorite thing that you did had a chance to visit a satanic temple while you were there mm, not just a satanic temple the well the satanic yeah temple. <laughs> uh <laughs> that was an interesting experience that was one of the top things that like on the top of my list and i did it the uh the first day i was there actually uh it, it it was it was something else you know it, it was i was kind of i was trying my best not to laugh because uh there's this this girl that like was checking me in she you know wanted asking me questions and stuff about what i knew and whatnot and then one of her questions is uh because she's about to say oh it's 12 dollars to enter by the way everything like touring and stuff is super cheap so i've seen maxed out 15 dollars. everything i did was like 10 to 12 um but anyway, she wanted $12 to enter and I go to hand her my card and she pulls away. She's like, oh, wait, are you a member of the satanic temple? <laughs> and like, I tried not to laugh. And then I thought it started thinking, it's like, I don't, I mean, is it hard to get one? Can I, can I, what do I got to do? <laughs> can I, I, can I just have like a satanic temple card and flash it to people and then have like my Catholic card and then also my non-denominational card and just have all these cards of my different faiths and beliefs. That'd be amazing. And believe um, it or not, they do offer you a <laughs> membership card when you join. I checked online. Yeah. No, yeah, yeah. They do. <laughs> they, they do. So it's it's kind of weird because, you know, they, they claim themselves to be a religion and yet they, you know, work as an organization, uh, which is very interesting. Nothing wrong with it, but it's interesting. It's kind of like, it, well, you had sent me a picture of uh, the Masonic Temple there as well and i believe mm -hmm. the masonic temple as well it's not a membership card but they, they give you something to show that you're a member um so it, some people believe the masonic temple has to do with religion some people believe they're just an organization maybe the satanic temple is the same thing i mean it's it's very possible except that the satanic temple strictly says within temple that they are a organized religion <laughs> Oh, so okay. That's what they are. It just happens to be, which is interesting considering, you know, the whole idea of Satanism is basically atheism. So, you know, all Satanists, they don't believe in a God or a spiritual being or power or whatever. Uh, they just believe in people being people, being kind to one each other, to one, one, you know what I'm saying? Um, <laughs> Do we? Do we really? <laughs> yes. Being kind to each other, period. Um, and, you know, the, the idea of a, a Baphomet, a lot of people mistake that statue and that image as being a representation of the devil, but it's not. It's not the devil. It's not Satan. It's something completely different. Um, and, you know, when I was there, I read up on 
you know, their, their plaques and all these, they had all these posters and things about them, news articles. Uh, and they were, you know, getting a chance to read up on what uh, Baphomet, I, I guess, what it means, what the realization of it is, um, was intriguing to say the least. It, it didn't really, it, it's a weird way of, of basically saying everyone should be kind to one another, you know, and be equal and all that. Um, because if anyone knows what the statue looks like, it's just why? <laughs> why did you choose that of all things? So, as a Christian, how did you feel going going there, or did you already know what uh, they would be like, or did you were you totally like, oh, this is about Satan and it's bad? Uh, how did you feel? Um, I mean, I I already I knew it wasn't of Satan. You know, it's, it's hard to explain, but you know. There's Satanism, you know, Satanists, which we have currently in modern day. It's an organized religion, officially. Um, their main goal, of course, was to be a complete contrast to the Christian church, who is always, you know, seeming to, to overstep boundaries and put all these plaques and statues up like that. And they wanted to, us, the Satanists wanted to show that there should be um, fair, you know, fair, fair, or fair belief in all religions, or at least fair acceptance of all religions and faiths. And this, the Baphomet was supposed to be the representation of all faiths, uh, the one that stands with the Christian church and so on and so forth. Of course, most people, they didn't like that. And they never allowed the two monuments that the satanic church wanted to put up. Uh, they never got done because cities backed out, people got upset. And instead of allowing the satanic church to put a monument on their property, they instead just got rid of the Christian one that they had. They'd rather get rid of the Christian one than to accept something that is satanic. And of course, one of the big reasons is the main belief, you know, they're the popular belief uh, through pop culture of what satanic, uh, the satanic church or temple is. Um, I would say satanic temple because satanic church is a little bit different. And that's where I was going for, you know, rabbit trailing. Um, <laughs> and is that, you know, Satanism, the satanic temple, they're focused on supposedly being good people and having, um, you know, treating people fairly. And I say supposedly, because when you read their seven, uh, I call them commandments, it's just, it, it's, it's the wackiest thing I've ever read. Uh, so we'll get into that a little later. Um, but then you have the satanic church or what we now call devil worshipers, because it's easier to separate them from the satanic temple by saying devil worshipers. And those are people who literally believe in the devil, worship him, uh, and do everything that any other religious uh, person would do only with Satan. And of course, sacrificing live animals and stuff like that uh so all the gruddy nasty stuff right <clears throat> naturally well, when you're a satanic uh temple and you're part of the that that temple or whatever or that faith why you would adopt the satanic name knowing full well what everyone believes it to be makes no sense and the only thing i could think is that they were trying to a um change what people believed about the satanic church because they thought it was cool and they thought it was misrepresented um or b they did it as kind of a cover be like oh we're still devil worshipers but you know we're kind of people and we say to treat everyone with respect blah 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 not that i believe devil that worshipers, just, but we're okay right right you know not saying that that's what it is but you know on this show we have to share every viewpoint um but yeah, so it was it was it was pretty awesome. Uh, it, there's some really creepy and cool stuff in there. Uh, all the walls are made out of uh, felt, black felt. Um, like they had these rare, like cool floral designs. A lot of gold, bronze, and you know, white. All the all the fancy, fancy stuff um, that you would see in any other temple, probably, minus the gratuitousness of this stuff because the artwork, you know, uh, one piece in particular is of a modern day version of Medusa uh, with her throat slit wide open and somebody standing behind her with a knife. Yeah. But, you know, I thought we were supposed to be kind to all people. Except her. You. Yeah. You know, <laughs> it's, 
Well, was that supposed to be? Oh gosh, who the hell was it that slayed her? Um, Hercules. No, it wasn't no. Hercules. Um, it might come to me. It might not. But maybe that was just supposed to be a representation of him slaying her because he does I mean, cut off her been. head. No, yeah. I mean, it could. It could have been. It's. But you know, again, it's like why have it? Well, right. Perseus. Why have it in the you know? Satanic Temple? Right. Perseus did it. Perseus. Okay. Perseus. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, so yeah, it doesn't. It just doesn't make sense to me. Like, why have something like that? A, yeah. a lot of what I read in there is just wishy-washy, in my opinion. Uh, you know, they seem to say one thing, but then contradict it with another. Uh, and I saw that throughout the majority of the stuff that I was reading about. Well, that's well, interesting. So as we've been talking, I've been looking up a couple of things here. So the Church of Satan, started by Anton LaVey, yeah, is completely different than Satanism or the Satanic Temple, which, again, why call it that if it's completely different than what the Church of Satan is? Right. Um, well, and that's that's a confusing thing. You know, the other thing that I learned, which I did not learn in Salem, I just learned recently uh, about Anton LaVey is that he's the one who came up with the didn't really come up with, but he adopted uh, the Leviathan symbol or the Leviathan cross. I think you guys mm -hmm. have probably seen that around. Uh, it's basically an infinity circle with a double like a cross with two uh, planks, be, you know, on the top one and the top one on the bottom or whatever. Yeah. Um, so that is actually also considered the uh, sulfuric symbol or the symbol for sulfur used by alchemists. Uh, that's what that symbol was. And it's been around since ancient times. And it wasn't until the uh, bow ended up taking that symbol and changing it for his own use to represent Leviathan or Satan. Uh, the symbol also represents from ancient times the idea of uh, of the spirit, one's soul, the human soul specifically, because it relies on sulfur, uh, and it is believed through a number of scriptures and archaeological writings or writings found in our, uh, in, in archaeological texts that were found. Um, was that sulfur often related to the human body being a grounding uh, element? I'm just looking up this um, Church of Satan versus Satanic Temple, and it's kind of neat because there's a kid's quick reference guide um, <laughs> founding. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> uh, the founding dates, the Satanic Temple was founded in 2013, Church of Satan, 1966, officially recognized as a tax-exempt church by the IRS, Satanic Temple, yes. Church of Satan? No. But I find this inter interesting. The Satanic Temple does not have a membership fee. Church of Satan, apparently it's $250. I mean, so Satan needs to pay his bills. Uh, yeah, I guess so. <laughs> so oh, I would, I would rather so join the Satanic Temple. And after Satan clubs. <laughs> I guess the Satanic <laughs> Temple has one, but the Church of Satan does not. <laughs> after school Satan clubs. <laughs> Okay. So the other part that you talked about was Baphomet. Mm. Uh, did you know, and I should have told you to use this as a random fact for the Halloween episode, but did you know that uh, Baphomet was supposedly a deity that the Knights Templar had worshipped? I, you know what, I, I mean, you just called it to memory. I do remember reading about that a couple of years ago. And that, you know, during the Inquisition of the Knights Templar, the word, the, the name Baphomet is where uh, it kind of started to originate. Um, but uh, also, uh, when the First Crusade happened, the troubadours used the term Baphomet for Muhammad and Bufamaria for mosques. Basically, mm -hmm. calling them dev devil worshippers is pretty much what they were going for, I'm sure. Um so kind of interesting that uh, there's this huge history of Baphomet and that the Satanic Temple uses it as a symbol, even though they're not technically, or, or maybe just, they, yeah, maybe they worship, quote unquote, worship Baphomet over, say, uh, Lucifer, whatever. 
Well, I mean, that would, well, I don't know, because that's, that's what I'm saying is they, they claim to have no, uh, no, no idol worship at all. Okay. Yeah. They don't worship. There's, there's no idol. It's, it's, uh, you know, Baphomet is just an idea of freedom is what it's supposed to represent. Okay. Hmm. For the temple. Yes. What did I say? No, I'm just, I'm just, oh, just making okay. sure that I understood. <laughs> Don't get me scared of that. Sometimes I do that. I <laughs> not know what I say. And I say Misspeak. Yeah. <laughs> He's in point earlier in 1962 to 1963. <laughs> um, you were testing us to see, to make sure that we we're paying attention. Just, yeah, I wish you would have brought that up sooner. Like earlier when I said that. It would have been uh, I want convincing. to see how far you were going to go. <laughs> um, so was there anything else that you learned there that it, not necessarily an eye opener, but maybe stuff that you hadn't really learned through research originally uh, on the trials themselves or anything about Salem? Um, well, I mean, I didn't know that it was an, an original like port, like a huge hub for, for shipping. Uh, okay. So that was something really new and separate from the whole, you know, spooky aspect of the city. The other thing that was really fun to find out was in their historic district, which is roughly the majority of downtown Salem and its surrounding homes, uh, is that each and every house that's historic has a plaque on it. And it tells you not only the year it was built, but also the name of the person or people who owned it and what business they ran in town. I like uh, that. Yeah. So it was super cool. You know, and these were homes, the majority of them were all, uh, you know, rehomed, uh, some other families living in them, but these plaques, I guess I, there must be like a thing where you have to keep them up. I'm sure. Uh, but it's really cool. It's almost every single house too. No matter what direction you walk, you'll find a plaque. Must be like a heritage home or something like that here in Canada, uh, heritage homes, um, you can do renovations inside the building, but the outside you have to get permission from the heritage uh, society or organization, organization, whatever they, whatever they're called. Mm -hmm. And they all have plaques on, on them as well. It's called the historical society here in America. Okay. Yeah. Same difference, but different names. Yeah. Um, so you didn't get a chance to be there during the Halloween festivities and you've had hurt, hurt, had people tell you that it's probably not that great to be there during that time. Um, yeah. But um, did you see anything where they do like reenactments of the trials or anything? They, so I haven't seen anything with the reaction of uh, react. Yes. No reenactment. <laughs> yes, yes. I know I'm horrible. You would think after doing this for so many years, I wouldn't get so tongue tied, but I don't know. Um, yeah. Uh, so the only reenactment that I know of, I think that was like performed by people, uh, was at the Salem mm, tor uh, dungeon, the Salem witches dungeon. Okay. So it's where you know the witches were were basically imprisoned and then tortured on occasion uh now i didn't go in to see it. i didn't at the time i wasn't planning on staying in salem the whole day the second day i was going to go to boston i ended up staying in salem anyway because i found all kinds of other cool stuff um but with that said when i walked past the dungeon i didn't stop to take a look and go inside because you know it, that's all it is uh that's the interesting thing about these museums down there is they're all stories or a reenactment of some sort. So you don't actually get to stop and browse around and read, uh, you know, all the inscriptions that they had on the walls. Um, but in this case, I think that one was a, was a reenactment of, of the dungeon. Uh, and then the Salem Witch Museum, which is the most popular uh, witch museum, I think in the world, uh, it's, it's, not what I expected it to be. They pretty much just like usher you into this small auditorium. Everything's dark and then lights start to pop on. And what they do is they highlight scenes that are designed in the walls oh, with, tell me wax, with wax uh, figures, wax dummies. Um, and they just tell you the story from beginning until end of the trials. Uh, and for 12 bucks, I mean, it was 12 bucks. But 
you're just sitting there listening to the story. If you are, if you're like one of us who already know the story, you know, it's still cool to see because there's some of the figures are pretty fun. The scenes, there's this really cool double figure at the beginning. That's just, it was haunting. I wish I took a picture, but I wasn't sure if we were allowed to. So I didn't want to take a chance. Um, but then they like usher you down into this other room and they tell you about the history of witches. Um, everything from like the beginning uh, of what is considered the first witch all the way to modern day. Um, and that's like covering things like uh, movies, books, stuff like that. Uh, but they had all this stuff written. There's this one wall covered from 3000 BC all the way to modern day, an entire history of witches and witchcraft, uh, just in general, within pop culture, within history, uh, within folklore. That would and be we fascinating did, to see. Yeah, but we didn't get a chance to read it. They didn't let us. They again played a little, you know, voice thing, like an audio thing uh, that told us to look here then to turn and look at this other display, then to look at this other display. Okay, guys, it's done. Goodbye. Get out. Other people come in. And they pushed us out and started replaying the audio before we were even all out the door. So there was no chance of actually visiting. It was just kind of going in and listening to an audio book for an hour. Maybe the writing's just gibberish. It doesn't really mean anything. And then I want you to know. So they're just That's like, possible. yeah. That is possible. <laughs> Pay no attention to the man behind the curtain. <laughs> that's certainly that's certainly possible. Yeah, it's definitely a place I, I want to see just from what you had talked about. And uh, Eric had a chance to go into these shops and see uh, authentically made wands out of out of wood and branches from Salem and uh brooms authentic made brooms from from Salem uh she had mentioned were there places that you do feel did you feel anything anywhere like like where you normally feel it through your chest or anything um no actually the majority of it was more in my head when i did feel something uh, the right. only one that was odd, and I, I told you, was when I was at the Satanic Temple. Uh, as soon as I stepped, th you know, through the door, uh, there's already a heavy feeling, and I felt that one in my chest, which is where I usually feel it if it's a dark energy. Um, not saying it was; it could have been anything. But as I continued through it, my head began to hurt, and that's something that I often, often happens when when I'm being sensitive to an energy source, a negative one. Um, and by the time I was at the end of it, uh, I was probably about, oh, in there five minutes prior to when I was going to leave. And I started getting this really sharp jab in my abdomen, uh, on the left side, like just below my rib cage. And it was enough where I actually had to like flinch and kind of double over a little bit, the, hoping it would just, you know, if I were to stand straight up, it would hurt even more. So could it be coincidence and there's some sort of muscle spasm? I mean, you know, yeah, that's possible, but something I, you wait. Yeah. Any of it, but you know, but yeah. it's the thing is though, once I left and I walked about a hundred feet down the sidewalk, it just all deteriorated and was gone the rest of the week. So that's amazing. Yeah. So who knows? I don't really know. Like I said, it, it was an interesting place. Have you heard of any place uh, where they say, yeah, this building is haunted, this building's haunted? Or do, does a town ever talk about things like that? Oh, yeah. Yeah, there's there's ghost tours that you can take when you're, when you're there. I didn't go on any of those type of tours. Uh, I just wasn't really interested. I wanted to just focus on exploring on my own. Mm -hmm. I, it's, it's something that I always find it more adventurous for myself. I'd rather just be off and get lost than to be following somebody around listening, mm -hmm. you know, because you can download that stuff on your phone read where all the spots are and what story is and walk there you know uh but not that there's anything wrong with the tours you know they're they're supposed to be fun and a lot of these people are very lively uh and in fact there's actually one uh store that i went to which is the oldest uh shop witch shop in in salem it's called crowhaven corner and they also do uh witch trial um tours and they even bring you in to do to perform some witchcraft they didn't go into specifics as to what it was uh, but they were going to use candles and various items and the audience gets to participate so hmm. 
if I would have known that at the time, I'd have absolutely been like, let's go. Let's see what happens. Oh, well. Um, but yeah, you know, aside from that. Next the, time. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> next time. Um, but yeah, you know, this is Salem is one of the oldest cities in America. Uh, so yeah, the 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 hauntings there, the the tales of hauntings and of ghosts uh, is very prominent. And you know, the, there's there's other like folklore surrounding Salem uh, as to why it had the issues that it had regarding Salem, and you know why it kind of just deteriorated in terms of um, not becoming a huge port industry um but you know that's just how it is with those kind of business same with like charleston south carolina savannah georgia uh you know it, these are just places that are very rich in history hmm. did, did any place in town talk about uh the ergot poisoning because some people say that um was actually what caused the uh <sighs> Hysteria. The whole yes, hysteria. Thank you. And others say no. That's total total bunk. Right. Yeah. Um. I mean, I didn't see anything myself. I do know that I like the tour guides. Uh, I would hear hear it like every once in a while, just walking past one, they'd be talking about just that, um, the poisoning and some of the myths surrounding uh, Salem. Uh, but yeah, I, you know, there was nothing that I came across that I was able to read up on. You know, that wasn't just the internet. So. Uh, and, and the big thing about that is there's no, it's all theoretical. There's no evidence supporting that theory, which mm-hmm. is why you have some individuals saying, yeah, that makes sense. And then others saying, well, no, it doesn't uh, because there's just no proof either way. Hmm. I'm surprised that no one really brought up. I'm surprised it's not mentioned a lot in Salem to yeah. say that it is myth and it's, or it's not. Well, the, the thing is, though, because there are certain, I feel like there's certain things in Salem that you, you, you got to, you know, keep hush hush about whether, regardless of your truth, you know, what you believe. Um, but the whole idea is the mystery behind everything. You yeah. know, why did Salem happen? Well, here's the speculation, but nobody really knows why, mm-hmm. you know, why, why was this person accused and that person wasn't or, you know, why did everything just abrupt so suddenly and end within a year? You know, it's all these speculations and you always leave asking more questions. But I think for me, when I left Salem, there's just this, uh, I hate to call it an energy again, but an energy or like a feeling of a spirit that just kind of clings to you as you leave. And it's a good feeling. It's like, there's a part of history that I just saw and learned and you know, walked through and it's really, it's cool. You know, like the, there's modern places, but you can go in areas where it's just very much still the 1800s or the 1700s. Hmm. All right. I absolutely. Sorry. I know you're going to call it, but I absolutely love architecture. So can you tell me what, what the architecture was like? Just real, real, real um, quick. Well, <laughs> I don't know much about architecture, but what I can tell you is between the 16, uh, well, I'd say between 1617s and the 1800s, there was a significant jump in architecture. Um, so the 16 and 1700s were very much like, I don't know the name of the houses, but you know, what you would see, like the Salem Witch House, if you, you guys Google that, it's basically this gray colored house with really sharp um roofs that just you know up one side down the other uh and you know they're they're very much what you would see in the colonies early on uh so you see that pretty much through the 1600s then the 1700s it grows significantly uh so one of the places i went was the house of seven gables which anyone who knows the name knows it was made famous by nathaniel hawthorne's 1851 novel of the same name, the House of Seven Gables, uh, is actually in Salem as well. And that place looked just like, you know, early 1600s, but it was just massive with modern touches uh, throughout. Uh, and then once you jump to the 1800s, it's really just they're 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 like there are some regular sized houses like big houses, but a lot of the, a lot of them are like two or three apartment houses, uh, you know, in one. So that these really thin 
tall buildings. Again, you got that sharp roof, but it houses two or three different rooms or levels uh, that someone can live on. Interesting. All right. Well, we're going to take a quick break. Folks, you've been listening to Paratruth Radio right here at, at paratruthradio.com. I'm sorry, paratruth.com. Or uh, if you're listening to us uh, on killerpodcasts.com, um, we're going to take a quick break, quick commercial, and we will be right back with Paratruth Radio. Don't you know that you're a grown up? I'm a grown-up. Me too. Yep, me too. But you know, these days, being a grown-up can really suck. Luckily, we're grown-ups who grew up in the coolest generation. We had video arcades. And also some of the best TV and movies ever made. We lived the origin of awesome consumer electronics. The list goes on and on. Yep, Generation X. Exactly. And we're Gen X Grown-Up. Every week, the Gen X Grown-Up podcast explores media, tech, toys, games, and more from both yesterday and today. Through the eyes of Generation Xers who absolutely love that stuff. You can find us on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Or find us on our website, genxgrownup.com. All right, you think that was good enough? I I hope so, man. I'm tired. (laughs) Who listens to a promo on a podcast and then goes and listens to a different podcast? I've never done it. (laughs) What's up, everybody, and welcome back to Paratruth Radio. As always, my name is Eric. And I'm Justin. And with us is... Cat Ward. Yay, we all did it. (laughs) Um, (laughs) This is our Halloween episode, our annual Halloween episode. Uh, We are with Cat Ward uh, at the moment. Uh, This is just part one, if you will, uh, of this series for the rest of the conversation and the new topic. You're going to have to jump on over to Paranormal Heart and check out that episode. Uh, so the one thing that we didn't talk about in the, mor- uh, in, in the morning, I didn't hear that long, guys. I've had a day, clearly. Seems that long. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, one thing I didn't go too deep on uh, w- w- was exactly what this part one, part two thing is. And, and the main thing I want everybody to know, since we're getting close to wrapping out here, is that there is no real part one or part two. It doesn't matter if you listen to this episode first or you listen to Kat's episode on Par- over on Parahart, uh, Paranormal Heart. Uh, you can listen to hers first and then listen to her second. There's really no need to go one way or the other because these are two separate episodes but they are both Halloween episodes and we are stretching it out over the course of two episodes uh, but that's why we're doing this like one topic at the beginning and one topic at the the other side so and he just rebranded your show cat as Paraheart yeah. so you better get yeah. on that <laughs> I noticed that <laughs> Paraheart <laughs> 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 so out of out of everything cat was there anything that you kind of learned that you really didn't know about salem most of what he said because um i didn't realize that they had uh the satanic temple i think it was you called it i mm-hmm. didn't realize that was in salem uh to me that was pretty amazing and to know that the town had like like the architecture they have 16th century 17th and 18th century and you can just see all of the different how how everything just kind of um what's evolved. the word i'm looking for evolved, evolved yes mm-hmm. uh that would be so fascinating to see as well yeah it's 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 really incredible you know to, to see those you know all those eras really just mesh up together and yet they seem to go so seamlessly you know mm-hmm. uh, i've been in areas where it's all modern and then you have one house from you know the 17th or 18th century and it's just so jarring and out here it's just all blends really well uh and it's really cool that's pretty cool is it is it kind of i don't i don't remember if i asked you already but is it does it feel touristy yeah, I mean it, it, downtown it does. I, I so I stayed in this place called Methuania. Methu mm-hmm. Methuania. I, I it's the the name is so hard to pronounce for me. Methuania is um, probably how it's pronounced. Yeah. Okay. Um. So I stayed there, which is about a forty minute drive outside of Salem. And like I said, Salem is pretty much just 
it's downtown. It's the center of town. Uh, so when you get there, it's busy. You don't want to drive around the city trying to find for parking, at least not during the uh, on season. So Halloween, um, basically throughout all of October. Uh, so last year, there were 180,000 people who flocked to Salem just Holy cow. between October 1st and October 9th. This year, there were 240,000 people Jesus. who went there between October 1st and October 9th. So it's crazy right now. Thankfully, I went during a weekday and I did it on purpose because I hoped it would be less crowded. It was still crowded at times, um, but it was it, it was nothing I wouldn't have expected. Uh, you know, if, if you went on the weekend, you're literally, I saw the videos and pictures uh, when I got there. People were bumping into each other, having to like brush past each other uh, in between other people. And it was just a mess. Uh, so, yeah, I would suggest either visiting during the summer or during the winter, unless you're like me and you really wanted that October experience, which don't get me wrong. If you want the true sailing experience, go during October because they've got all kinds of stuff happening down there that you don't get to see uh, in the off season. So have you come across, sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. Okay. have you come across anybody who said I'm a direct descendant of, you know, no, no. And then it's like, I mean, even if they said that you'd have to question, it, you know, Take it sure with a grain of salt. Who, yeah. Uh, but no, no, no one down there has, has done that or that, that I've seen that I knew of. So mm -hmm. I didn't meet anybody. Like legitimately, I was just by myself the entire time I was there. I met nobody. So <laughs> <laughs> but that's okay and if you know eric he just keeps to himself anyways <laughs> yeah i'll tell you what i tried to make like one conversation set somewhat i was like asking questions so i went to uh in a pocket theory when i was down there and i ended up i, I purchased a witch's broom that was like one of my goals to, to purchase a witch's broom from salem now the broom itself wasn't made in salem uh it was actually made by China. uh <laughs> No, uh, it's made by Tennessee natives who do everything the old fashioned way. So everything's done by hand using hand tools, uh, mm. nothing special. Um, but the, from what I saw, the only way, like the only place that I knew of around me to get like an actual genuine, uh, Salem made broom would be to go to this little place down on the Bay and basically, uh, like submit a, a thing like request to join a broom making event uh, where you can actually make your own broom guided by a broom maker uh, who does witches brooms. So didn't have time for that. Yeah, that we'll cool. definitely be broom doing maker. that if if we go together. Yeah. We're definitely doing that. <laughs> yeah, I want to see. Like I found out on my on my last day there, and I was like, oh, I should. If I knew that, I would have booked it like a week and two or two ago but that's all right i for now i settled with with my other salem broom that that was made in tennessee but it's still uh endowed with the spirit of salem you know having been there for a while and being sold from there so it's hanging from my ceiling in my living room and it'll be staying there all year well this visit was like a test run you just wrecked the place to see what was there and next time you'll know Right, yeah. right, right. <laughs> well, and Shannon, if you're listening, you're definitely coming to Salem with us if we come to visit you for for visiting Boston. So, um, with that being said, it, Boston is another one that's on my to-do list, not just because I have a friend living there, it's just a part of history, but she would know all of the... She grew up in Boston, so she would know everything about, like, the seedy side as well as the not so seedy side of boston um so I, i'm super excited to reach out to her and see if we can get out there and then make it a trip of of both that and salem uh, yeah with the release of this episode we're literally a day before halloween so what is everybody looking forward to for for halloween this year i'm looking yeah, sure. I'm looking forward to seeing trick-or-treaters again because with the pandemic, we didn't, you know, they the town was pretty much shut down, but I really enjoy watching the, the little trick-or-treaters. Okay. 
Eric? Um, I actually oppose that that because <laughs> that sounds enjoyable, and I don't want kids taking my candy. Uh, <laughs> the more kids there are, the less I get to eat. So, um, but yeah, you know, I I am looking forward to. I still don't even know exactly what I'm doing yet, uh, but I'm hoping. I'm going to spend Halloween with my nieces again this year because every year we dress up and we take my nieces around the neighborhood and then we go back, sit back by a bonfire, sipping a really hard cider uh, that is homemade uh, and then eating all the candy. So, so moonshine cider. <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> what kind of spirit goes into that cider? Oh, it changes every year. It changes <laughs> Whatever every you year. have. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, my, my brother-in-law is the one who, who typically makes it. And then we just talk about what we're putting in there, like type of whiskey or whatever. Uh, but we've done whiskey, we've done rum, uh, the year prior to last. Um, and then I think the year prior to that one, we did a cinnamon, I think he did a, uh, uh, what was the one with the devil on it? Fireball. Fireball. Yes. Yeah. So I think he did like two bottles of From fireball. <laughs> what you hear mm-hmm. yeah okay i've actually never had it <laughs> oh my god that's worse than saying that you did like <laughs> i feel like saying you never had it is worse than saying oh i'm drunk every night on it yeah no I, which if I that's don't. the case you're probably you know a 13 year old girl <laughs> far I, from 13 <laughs> i do have to say if you want a spicy liquor and eric knows what i'm going to talk about uh turkey uh wild turkey uh, honey sting is like amazing because like it's wild turkey. It's made out of ghost pepper, or it's got ghost pepper infusion in it. Um, so if, if you want something outside of cinnamon, the the wild turkey honey sting is amazing. Um, we've had the hardest time finding it here in North Dakota. We did have somebody tell us that our uh, local cash wise up north carries it i still have not had a chance to get up there because if i do i'm probably gonna freaking buy them out because it's been forever since we've been able to find it so (laughs) justin will be on a binge (laughs) laying over his couch like his his dog sitting on his lap like as i puke really really drunk fire is coming out of my mouth (laughs) because if you mention the the brand enough and and do lots of hashtags, maybe the company will send you some. <laughs> we can only that is actually extremely possible. Oh, so no. <laughs> wild turkey honey sting, wild turkey honey sting. If you want wild turkey honey sting, go to your local liquor store and get wild turkey honey sting. Um, <laughs> My name's Justin. <laughs> Justin Cancellari from Paratruth Radio sent you there. Um, <laughs> looking at responses. <clears throat> Hey, we were willing to be paid with alcohol so right there you go <laughs> spirits and spirits spirits yeah. and spirits there sense. you go yeah. it does they go uh, hand in hand <laughs> i think the biggest thing for me and it it's every year watching uh a nightmare before christmas and everybody always asks me well is it a halloween movie or is it a christmas movie and every year i say it's both mm-hmm. it represents both holidays yeah. um and does, uh, which is oh sorry no go ahead I was gonna say which is exactly why I don't watch it until Thanksgiving and then I don't watch it after <laughs> it's, Thanksgiving it's, the, it's, it's that the perfect middle <laughs> between Halloween and Christmas and I feel like it's that perfect transition into the Christmas season for me <laughs> but I've been doing that for like the last six years now that's the only time I watch it you learn something new every day I didn't realize you wait until Thanksgiving to watch it. Yeah. Um, but watching, I mean, we watch horror movies year round, but watching the ones that are themed, um, not super big into Adam Sandler movies, like recent Adam Sandler movies, but, uh, we got to watch Hubie Halloween on Netflix. Highly recommend it. Hilarious. I would, I would also recommend being, drinking or some other rec- uh, recreational activities before you watch it because it makes it just that much funnier. But with that <laughs> being said, uh, Hubie Halloween, again? Hubie Halloween, H-U-B-I-E Halloween. Um, okay. Hilarious movie, hilarious movie. And I, I, I loved Al- Adam Sandler, you know, in his earlier movies. As he's gotten older, some of his movies have fallen short of the Adam Sam- Sandler that I remember. But, it was still, it was hilarious. It was 
freaking hilarious. Um, but yeah, we don't we don't hand out candy for Halloween. Um, I think a both. Greedy. They no, don't like children. I think both Shelly and I are allergic to children. Um, we break out in <laughs> hives every time we're around them. <laughs> but um, I, that's not to say it's not cool to see them out trick or treating. We just we've not handed out candy, and we've had a house for for two years now where we can finally start decorating, which I totally want to get back into because that used to be my favorite thing in the world. Um, is decorating and then sitting out and scaring the crap out of kids. So you know what you could start doing, Justin. I don't. Do you call them Mickey's down down in the U.S. The little alcoholic bottles? Uh, like shoot no, shooters. Call those mini alcoholic bottles. <laughs> I call bottles. them shooters. We call them Mickey's here. It's like a shot. You know, you could <laughs> okay. hand them. You could buy a whole bunch of those and just hand them out to the parents. Say sorry, kids. This is for <laughs> your parents. <laughs> do you know? You do you want to know what we call a Mickey in? The U.S. What? Roofies. <laughs> you know what? You know. What? Okay. <laughs> no, 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 no. The sad part about all of this is both of you. Only freaking thing I'm thinking about is Mickey Mouse. <laughs> right? Justin's like, you know what we talk? What we call Mickey's in the U.S. I, I thought for sure you'd say Mickey Mouse. Like, That's it. That's what he's gonna do. Roofies. We're gonna give really? Mickey Mouse to every adult. But yeah. I don't. I live in America. I, I, I'm out in my own world. Okay. <laughs> Oh, my poor, my poor naive cousin. I, knew none of this stuff. I know nothing about Mickey's in Canada and Mickey's in the U.S. other than something that deals with. Oh, so. man. Happy Halloween, everybody. Go get yourself a Mickey. Happy Halloween. <laughs> all right, folks. That is all we've got for you for Paratruth Radio. Make sure you're tuning in to Paranormal Heart to continue the conversation. As Eric said, not exactly, but uh, make sure you're checking Paranormal Heart. Cat, uh, go ahead and tell them where they can find all the great stuff that Paranormal Heart's doing. Oh, thanks. Uh, Paranormal Heart, a- a.k.a. Paraheart, <laughs> can be found on YouTube uh, and Podbean. Those are the two major platforms that I release them on, but they're pretty. you can find them anywhere. It's, uh Amazon. Um, Apple, pretty much wherever you find fine podcasts. <laughs> uh, and if anybody wants to be on the show or has questions, uh, send me an email at paranormalheart13 at gmail.com. Awesome. Right. Well, just so you know, be careful because that para heart might catch on. And if it does, I'll be asking for 10% of all your income. <laughs> 10% of nothing is, yeah, sure, be, I can handle that. Careful. Just be careful. <laughs> and I'm telling you, para, para heart is going to, it's going to bring in the money. Okay. Okay. I might need to rebrand. <laughs> so, Eric, note to self: steal pair of heart before she starts rebranding. Oh. And <laughs> you got to buy it off me. Yeah. <laughs> That's fine. We're we're guilty by association. So if you yeah, buy I it, mean, I don't. Yeah, or you I, invented yeah. it. So <laughs> I don't even want to say this because I, I know I'm going to put it in the universe by saying this. It's going to piss me off so bad. Um. <laughs> But I think we should just do like like a a scary version of iHeartRadio, like just do an offshoot of iHeart. That's called, called iHeartRadio, <laughs> and it's just all like hey. grunge and spooky music and stories and whatever. Uh, you know, that's just just a, just a thought. But I, the problem I like is that. I put it in, I put it in the universe, and other people are gonna make millions off of it. So, well, you have uh, to put it in the universe that it's only for you to yeah. create. Yeah. And then register the name, and nobody can freaking touch it. There you go. <clears throat> All you right. It here first, folks. <laughs> <laughs> by the time you're listening to this, you'll look it up and see owned by Eric. That's correct. Yes, that's me. <laughs> All right, folks. Uh, make sure you're checking out Paranormal Heart, Paratruth.com, uh, EvergreenPodcast.com, and KillerPodcast.com, where you can find this show and so many other spooky true crime uh scary story podcast it's it's a great network so check that out but until next week where you'll find us same time same channel and no longer in the spooky season my name's justin i'm eric oh and i'm cat peace
Never heard of Stoicism? Chances are, if you have, you've heard of Stoicism with a lowercase s and not Stoicism with an uppercase s. Lone wolves, no emotions, antisocial behavior, cold, indifference, all that is Stoicism with a lowercase s. Stoicism with an uppercase s is the ancient Greek philosophy and virtue ethics framework that centers on service to the cosmopolis, to include your family, friends, community, and planet, and the development of a good moral character. My name is Tanner Campbell, and I'm the host of Practical Stoicism, a three times a week podcast teaching Stoic principles and concepts to anyone interested through the exploration of texts and deep dives into various moral topics. You can find Practical Stoicism where you're already listening to podcasts by searching for Practical Stoicism or by going to stoicismpod.com. I invite you to give it a listen today. You just might like it.